Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. You may never heard this scripture before, but that's all right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 17. I wasn't going to, but for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. So uh, God's, not in, God's not interested in condemning the world, right? Well, if he's not, then we shouldn't be. Are you here? And um, he says that he loves the world. Amen. He doesn't despise the world. He loves the world. Even Even the most ungodly people, he loves them. And he loves them so much that he gave, he gave, he gave his only begotten son. He sent Jesus to die for each and every person in the past, present, and future. Praise the Lord. And, uh, um, and so this unmatchless love that we see demonstrated here, glory to God, is a demonstration of how he cares for, how he wants and desires for the world to come unto his son, Jesus Christ. So why? So they can be saved. All right? Don't think that there's ever a person that God wouldn't want to be saved. Amen. God wants every person to be saved. Every person to come into eternal life. Every person. Even the ones that you don't like. And the ones you don't want to be around. The ones that you, you know, you could care less for. God cares very much for them. Amen. So much so that he sent his son. And so the gift to the world is what? Jesus. Jesus is the gift to the world. Amen. Jesus is the gift to the world. Now we know because of the revelation that Paul's got that when Jesus died and he went, went to the cross and he was raised from the dead, the Bible says that you all, including myself, and those that are not in church, those that are not serving God, those that are the ungodly, the, the, they are, we've all come into the, what is called reconciliation with God. Amen. And, it, and 2 Corinthians 5 goes so, much, goes so far to tell us that God is no longer angry or mad against mankind. He's not, he's not mad. His anger has been quenched according, according to Psalms. Hallelujah. By what? By the blood of Jesus. Jesus was the eternal sacrifice. So he's not holding a grudge. He's not mad. He's not upset for any of those things that, any, that mankind is doing today. 
I mean, we can just look at things that are happening and we can just think, man, what is going on? But let me tell you something. God is not upset with them. God is not mad at them. He is not angry with them. Amen. The Bible says now now that man has been reconciled unto God and he has given unto you, me, the, the Christians, the ministry of reconciliation that we're to go preach the good news to them. That they don't have to be that they don't have to be bound. They don't have to be caught up in their sins, and that you can come freely to God through Jesus Christ. That you can have a relationship with God now. See, Christianity is all about a relationship. It's all about coming to Him and and being able to talk with Him and share with Him and love Him and let Him love you and give to you. That's what Christianity is. The gospel, that's the first message it should be preached. Not that if you don't receive Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. No, we should be talking about the fact you can come now and have a relationship with Almighty God. You can come to Him. Glory to God and bare your soul and, and tell Him, your, tell him your, your problems and tell Him your thoughts. And he'll be there to help you and get you through it. Amen. And love on you. What a great, what a great father. What a great God we have. Amen. And so that's the, that's the message that we have to give to the world. Glory to God. That God's not mad. God has made a way now that you can come to him. But you have to come. There's only one way you can come. And we're not going to compromise on that. If, you, if you're going to come to God, you have to come through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Either you believe the Bible or you don't. But if you believe the Bible, then there's no other way. I, I don't care what any religion says. You have to come through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's the way we've come. I mean, if you're born again, that's the way you came to him. It wasn't through a creed. It wasn't through uh, signing, you know, a membership card. It wasn't through, it was giving your heart to him. Saying, Jesus, I want to to serve you and I want you to come into my heart. Amen. And then he did. I said he did. Hallelujah. And then you had an experience with him. You became a new creation in him. Hallelujah. A knowing came on the inside of you that you knew, glory to God, that you salvation came to you. Are you here? Amen. I mean, I had, there, there was such a knowing that, and a presence of God the, the time that I accepted Jesus Christ that it was a night and day. I went to bed one way and I got up another way. I'm serious. I knew, I knew that my sins had been lifted off of me. I knew the weight had been lifted off of me. The moment that I accepted Jesus Christ, Jesse and I prayed in bed one night. It was on a, it was on a Saturday morning and we prayed and we gave our life to God that night. That morning, glory to God, I'm, I woke up and I could tell this is this different. There's a difference now. You didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the church telling me what I was going to have to do and not do. There wasn't people, they didn't even know what, what had happened. They had no idea what had happened that night. And when we got up, 
Glory to God. The things that I was bound with, the things I was doing, I knew immediately. I didn't have to have people telling me, well, you need to quit this and you need to stop that. And you need I just knew on the inside. I need to quit. I need to stop. I need to repent. I need to change and start going another way. I knew I was going another way. And so I went immediately. I went immediately to my icebox, to my refrigerator. I started getting rid of all the alcohol. And then I smoked. I tried to quit smoking. I'm not harping on smoking. I'm just telling you, for me, I was trying to get free from it. I was trying to quit doing it. Amen. And when, when I got saved, I immediately, I threw it away. And that, that left me. That nicotine addiction left me. I had no want for it anymore. It, and, and before I had tried, I had tried my best to quit. I had tried to stop. Amen. Only to, to throw out a pack and then go buy a carton. <laughs> Amen. And I'd gotten trouble. I'd gotten some trouble drinking. And then, you know, and, and, did a, and, and did one night in jail. And I left that and came out of there and I said, I'm never going back to that. And then next week I was worse. Next week I was stumbling and, and, and doing all these things. And so I had tried with willpower. I had tried doing everything. Just knowing that I didn't want to continue down that path. Knowing that it was going to, it was going to cause havoc in our lives. Cause havoc in our marriage. I knew it was. I knew that because I, I, I knew other people. I seen, I seen the lives. I seen the lives destroyed because they kept walking down that way. But the moment, glory to God, when I accepted Jesus Christ, and it, and it, and it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a, you know, a fluke. I mean, God had been drawing me. God had been convicting me. I mean, I was thinking about God a lot. But you couldn't tell it. You couldn't have told or tell it outwardly. But I was thinking about him. And I'll tell you why. Because people were praying. I had a mom that was praying. She was just relentless. She wouldn't quit. She would not stop. I, and, and she had everybody in church praying. You know. People reaching out to us. And, and so that night, when, when God came in our room, when God visited us, it wasn't by accident. It wasn't just the timing. It was because people had been praying and believing God and calling and praying for us. And that night, when he came, it was, it was, it was almost like judgment time. You know, when Paul was walking down the road of Damascus, when he was walking down there, you remember, and then that bright light came. That was judgment time for him. He was given an ultimatum. If he would have chose wrongly, it would not have been good. It really was. His, his, his time, the, I mean, the road to cross, he was at a crossing right there. We were at a crossing that night, right then. Didn't realize it, but we were. And I knew then, I was making a choice that was either, it was going to affect my life forever. Whether I was going to choose him, 
or I was going to walk away with him, walk away from him. Because I, I told Jesse, I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, this is what's been going on. I said, I've been, I, I'm just feeling, I'm just tired. I'm tired of being a hypocrite. I'm tired of going to church and then, then we go back and live our lives the way that we do. And I'm tired of it. I said, I got to make a choice tonight. I said, either we're going to live for God or we're not. But I said, I got, I got to make that choice. Well, little did I know God had been dealing with her too. And she wouldn't, talk, she wouldn't talk about it either because she was afraid that it would affect our marriage. Well, everything we were doing was going to affect our marriage, you know. And, uh, and so anyways, she said, well, I've been having the same feelings. I said, well, I said, I want to, I want to serve God. And she said, me too. And so we said, a we, just, we grabbed hands right there in bed and we said a simple prayer. God we want, to, we want to serve you, we want, we want to follow you, and we want to live for you the rest of our lives. And I don't even know if, I, you know if we even actually said Jesus come into our heart. I don't know. I, I mean, we were just praying out of our hearts. I didn't know scriptures. I didn't know what we were, I didn't even know what we were doing. You know, but I'm telling you what, something changed that, changed that night. It did. It changed that night. We were supposed to, I don't know why I'm telling you all that, but we were supposed to go to a party. We had a, my, uh, Jesse's friend, Cindy. Cindy, her brother, her brother was getting ready to go in the military. And so they lived outside of West Terre Haute uh, on the old Paris Road. And they lived on a farm. And so they were having a big party that night. Or that next day, they were gonna have a big party. You know, they had all the, they had a, an old farm uh, trailer, uh, uh, trailer or whatever, and, that, and they had a band. They were, I think, Mike was in a band, Cindy's brother, and anyways, they had a band out there, had a couple kegs out there, and you know, and all of us coming out there. That was our kind. That that would have been, I was ready for those things. I liked that. And, you know, just our friends and family and everybody, we went out there. And, man, I went out there that next day. You know what? I was the most uncomfortable person that you could have met. I was just, oh, my gosh. And this has only been, this has been less than 24 hours. And we were out there, and we were, we were just, you know, walking around and stuff. And I told Jesse, I said, I said, we got to go. I said, we don't belong here. And so, you know, we just, we went over and greeted them and told them we were happy for them. And, and, and the, Mike, I think it was the one going in the military. We greeted him and, and then we left. But something changed on the inside of me. I wasn't, I wasn't that old sinner any longer. And, 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 you know, and everything that I would have enjoyed and everything I would have indulged in and, and done, I wasn't doing now. And this is only just a few hours. Just a few hours. And so we left. We came back. And so that night, or the, and then uh, we, we, had some, we had another party we were supposed to go to. Well, we, we just, we live for parties. Weekends was party, you know. 
and with our friends and so forth. And uh, I called them up. I said, listen, we're not coming. We're not going to be able to be there. All right, okay. And so then when we got off the phone, I felt condemned because I didn't tell them why I wasn't coming. I felt like I was ashamed to tell them we were going to church. So I called them back up. I said, you know why we're not coming? No, I don't really care. I said, well, let me tell you, we're going to church. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. They didn't say praise the Lord. <laughs> but they said, okay. And, uh, and so then we went to church with that Sunday. And I don't remember anything that happened. Don't remember what the pastor preached on or anything. But when the altar call, altar call came, when they gave the invitation, her and I got up and we walked down the aisle. And we made a public confession. You know, we just, we just wanted everyone to know that we were now living for God. We were now making a decision. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then went home. Went home. My mom, you see my mom, she's, she's on her deathbed. And, uh, and so I went, went over to dad's and she's there and she's just in and out. Uh, and uh, we went over, both of us, we went over and I said, Mom, I, said, I just want to let you know. I said, we gave our life to God today. And she started crying. She said, I'm so happy. And then she, then she went on. Just like that next day, she died. But I believe it was her prayers, her. I, I, th I almost think, God, I'm not leaving until I know they're, they're in. Amen. And then, when, uh, and then when we had her funeral, when we had her funeral, that was the most, I'm telling you what, it was the most joyful time for me. I wasn't sad because all of a sudden I had come in contact with heaven. I had come in contact and I knew, I knew where she was. I was tired of seeing her suffer, you know, but I knew where she was and I was, I was joyful. I was happy. Amen. Because I knew God. I knew that this was real. I knew that this was not, this was just not a, you know, a flyby thing that we do in the night time or whatever. But I knew it was real. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the gift is to us, the world. And when we receive the gift, glory to God, eternal life comes to you. You should know that you have eternal life. If you don't know you have eternal life, you need to get on your knees and you need to pray and ask God, Lord, you need to make this real to me. You need to make this real to me. Amen? Because it's real. Amen. Well, here's what I had. This is, we're not going to take very long. But I want you to go over now to Acts. I want to show you something. And this is what I felt like the, the Holy Spirit was saying this morning. Acts 2.38 it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what remission of sins means? Remission of sins means that when you come to Christ, that those sins are no longer, uh, those are no longer uh, there. They're not forgiven. Forgiveness, you know, under the Old Testament, under the atonement, your sins were covered. But when Jesus came and the blood came, your sins are remitted. It means they're, they're wiped out. Amen. They're, they're gone. So if you're one of those like I was, 
all the time something comes up in your mind and you're remembering something that you did was wrong and then you ask God to forgive you for doing that, well, you, I'm I got good news for you today. You don't have to do that because your sins were remitted. Amen. Amen. The devil just kept, uh, you know, in one way, he blessed me because he kept me on my knees all the time. Because I was always asking God to forgive me. I was praying all the time. But I didn't have to ask God to forgive me for those things because when I accepted Christ, they were remitted. Your sins were remitted. Amen. Wiped out. And so he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Now here, look, notice this. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus was a gift to the world. Let me tell you this. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a gift to the church. Amen. That's what I want you to hear today. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the gift to the church. Now don't get this confused saying, well, you're saying if I don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't have the Holy Ghost. No, you've got the Holy Spirit when you got born again. He's in you. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost is different. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is different. And that is a gift that's been given to you. Verse 39 says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. So you're in there somewhere because it's generational. Children, the children's, the children's, and the children's. It just keeps going. So you can't say, well, it's not for me. It is for you. If you're born again, it is for you, and it's a gift. And this gift, I'm going to tell you something. This gift is vital, vital for your walk with God. It's not, it's not something that you should choose whether you want it or not. You need it. God doesn't give frivolous gifts. I don't, you may not understand it. Or you know, have a good grasp on it. But that doesn't mean that you don't need it. And if you're trying to live your Christian walk, if you're trying to walk with God without utilizing this gift, it's going to be, quite, it's going to be difficult for you. Amen. Amen. I pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. And more so. I had, the year, I had the Lord a few years ago tell me that, that there was coming a resurgence of the preaching and teaching of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's probably been 20 years ago. Because the, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost is, it lies the power of God. Now it's not the power that you think of. Like a, you know, a, a dynamite, something physically outward. But it is a spiritual power. And I, and I don't even think that most of us have, have tapped into even a, a partial of it. Brother Hagen used to tell us this all the time. He said the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the doorway to the supernatural. The doorway. 
Not, it's, not the, it's not all of it. It's just the doorway. It's the entrance to it. And then, then uh, whatever you decide to do with it will determine the outcome. It's not something that you have, you have an experience and then that's it. Well, yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I spoke with other tongues, you know, back in 1968. Yeah, but what are you doing now? Have you been doing it? No, I haven't done it anymore. Well, see, that experience is not going to do you any good. It never was to just be an experience that we lived off of. It's to be something that we learn to use. It's a tool. A tool. It doesn't make you better than another Christian. Well, you say, well, yeah, but it makes me weird. Well, it may, it may make you weird to some people, but they're unspiritual. You shouldn't care as long as, as long as you've got scriptures, as long as you've got Bible verses that back it up. You shouldn't care what other people think. Be an example. Amen. Be, be a door for somebody else to come in. Help lead them in. Because the devil, he, he's, you know, given out all kinds of lies against this. Why? Because he never wants the church to enter into it. He never wants the church to have the full potential of it. Because if we ever walk in the full potential of it, guess what? His kingdom will be destroyed. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So let me, give, let me give you one verse that came up to me. I want you to go over to Romans 8. Why you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Say thank you Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 8.26 I'll read it out of the um, King James first. It says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Anybody in that category? You don't know what to pray for as you ought? Is it important to know what to pray for? Yeah. It is important. But the Spirit... Itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, Dr. P.C. Nelson, he said this. He was a Greek and uh, Hebrew scholar. And he said that the Greek, he said it, it talks about articulate, articulate, uh, unknown utterance. So that would be praying in tongues. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh, notice this, the Spirit maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So you've got somebody that's going to help you pray according to the will of God. Listen, you've got a helper that has been riding along with you hanging out with you, living and abiding in you, who wants to help you pray according to God's will. Let me tell you, you've got somebody inside you. You've got somebody living in you. 
You've got, a, you've got what 1 John 4.4 says, the greater one is on the inside of you. The creator, the all-knowing one, the all-sufficient one lives on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost, and he is here to help you pray, help you walk out these things in life, help you in your weaknesses, because infirmity means weakness. And you've got plenty of weaknesses. I have weaknesses. Are you here? We have plenty of them. And we have something in us that is there to make up for your weakness. And you've got some things right now that you're facing in life that you need to be able to pray according to the will of God. Amen. God needs to hear your voice. God needs to hear you petitioning Him. Not just thinking it, but He needs to hear you. And when you don't know how to pray, and there's going to be much time, I don't care how much of the Bible you know, there's still going to be times you don't know how to pray. Because you don't know the future. You don't know what's going on behind the scene. You don't know who's involved. You don't know who's not involved. You don't know what's coming against you. You don't know what the devil has in plan. You don't know those things. But there's somebody on the inside that does know. He's all-knowing. What is it? What is that? Omniscient? Is it omniscient or all-knowing? Omniscient. Omniscient, all-knowing. All Omniscient means he's everywhere. So he knows. He knows exactly for today what you need. He knows exactly what you're going to need tomorrow. He even knows next year what's coming up. There's a, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Ordered. And the Holy Ghost has been having us saying, you know, Kimberly and I, we've been speaking order because we need a lot of things to come in play. And so we've been speaking order to the day. Every day we get up and we say, Lord, we call order to this day. I want things in order. Everything that needs to come, I need it in order. Finances that need to come, I need it in order. People that need to come, I need it in order. And then we've been, and then Mary Fran told us, you can't just do that for the day or the week. She said, you need to be doing that for the year now. She sat there and she told us, she goes, you need to be speaking it for the year. So we've been saying, okay, we call order. So I'll call order for this week. And every day I'll get up every day, call order. I call order to the day. My steps are ordered. Glory to God. Everything that I need and everything that has to happen, I call order to it today. And then for the rest of the week, I call order. And for the rest of this year, I call order. Steps of a good man are ordered. Amen. So if they're ordered, I'm commanding they come into order then in Jesus' name. But you need, but you need to be able to speak and call those things out. And there's no possible way that you can do these things on your own. God knew that. God knew. We can't, we can't finish up this dispensation on our own. 
We can't go in and just have a staff meeting or have a board meeting or have a church and say, well, this is what we should do. This is the way we're going to reach our city. This is the way that we're going to do it. You can't do that. You've got to get the mind of God. You've got to have his mind in things. The mind of Christ. We've got to have that. Because everything else is just superficial. And in your lives, you've got to have the mind of God. What is it that we're supposed, what is it that God's saying to us? What is he, he's showing us to do? Because that's the only thing that's going to really prosper. That's the only thing that's going to bear any fruit. Are you here? But you can't do it without him. I don't care how smart you think you are, you're not going to be smart enough to end your, your run and your race now. How many seen the Kentucky Derby yesterday? I, if you didn't see it, you better go on YouTube and watch it. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. You know, everybody had their eyes on these two, three horses. But who was it? Uh, Strike It Rich or what was the name of the horse? 80 to 1 odds. Got in it, got in it the way I understood it. Just got in it like, uh, got into the race in the last few minutes when they were going to close it off and they had one horse that couldn't, couldn't get into it so it made a vacancy and so the, the owner was able to get his horse in. He's only won maybe, I, I don't know, one or two races. And he won the Kentucky. Who knew that? Nobody had, had any idea of that. I think, I think it ended up being like 84 to 1 odds after it was all done. It was an amazing race. It's awesome to watch that on YouTube. This horse comes all the way from the back and starts going. They're not even, they're not even talking about him. And here he is. He's just coming up behind, coming up behind. And they're keeping, they're, they keep talking about this other horse that they're, they're thinking is going to win. And all of a sudden, at the last, zoom, this horse can strike it rich. I thought, man, what an appropriate name. That's awesome. But who knew that? Even the best couldn't figure, wouldn't have ever thought that. And there's going to be some things now, even the best will never be able to figure out the where, what's getting ready to happen. We're going to have to be led. We're going to have to know the Holy Ghost. There's no other way of making it in, right now. No other way. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is just saying, come on. Come on, church, pick it up. Pick it up. Don't be, don't be intimidated by this praying in tongues. Start doing it. Amen. Start doing it. Start practicing. Start doing more of it. Why? Because it's the power of God. It's the power of God. Amen. Let me read, I want, let me read this in the uh, Passion Translation. It's pretty cool. Verse 26, and in, the, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. Glory to God. Empower you in your weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for. 
But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Hallelujah. I like that. He's called to our human frailty to empower us in our weaknesses. Is it okay to not know how to pray? Yes, it's okay. But it's not okay just to stay there. You need to do something. And I'm telling you, you've been given the tool to make up for that. It's praying the Holy Ghost, praying tongues. Amen. 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 Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants you to, God wants us. He wants us to, to pray more in the Holy Ghost. Listen, you can pray in your car. You don't have to keep your eyes shut. Glory to God. You can drive praying in the Holy Ghost. You can pray. But you, ne you need to release your faith. And you need, to, you need to tell the Lord, Glory to God, help me to practice. Caleb just got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that, thank God for the initial. But the initial is not, is not the, it's just the beginning. You're going to have to tap into what God has. I mean, there's places and there's places that God has for us that we hadn't, we hadn't got to yet. But it doesn't mean it's not for you. Doesn't mean that he doesn't want you to come in. You just got to have a hunger for it. You got to want it. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to pray for you this morning. I want to, I, and I want, and we're going to just be bold about it this morning. If you've not been praying in tongues and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to pray in your heavenly language, I, I call it my heavenly language. Hallelujah. But you've never had the experience, but you are born again. And if you're not born again, then we get you born again. Then you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep those things in order. Okay? But if you've not been doing that, or if you want to, then I want you to come down because I want to lay hands on you. I believe that there's just a releasing of the Spirit that He wants to help. He wants to help you. He wants you to help you get into that flow again. Glory to God. And so if that's you this morning, come down. Come on down. Don't be embarrassed. Nobody's glory to God. But we're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you, God's wanting, God's wanting, and not only wanting, He's needing. He's needing our cooperation. Because not only is this a personal thing, you can take this personally, but even in the things of the plan of God, there is just no possible way that you and I can know. Can know. And, and 
And God needs prayer. He needs, he, not that he needs prayer, but he needs prayer going forth because unless man asks, God's hands are tied. I don't know whether you get that or not. But he's restricted and, and only can do in the earth what man permits him to do. That's why he, things, are just, things are just not automatically happening because there has, to be some, there has to be someone petitioning him. And so how does he do that? He puts the Holy Spirit in you and then the Holy Spirit helps you and then you pray out according to his will and God says, yes, I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. I've got a man, I've got a woman, I've got a young person, I've got one asking, glory to God, now he has legal right to come. You got it? Hallelujah. 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 Are you with the Holy Ghost? Okay. I just have it. All right. Well, let's, let's stir it up again. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I just thank you as I lay my hand on her. Lord, I believe there's going to be a release.